0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming into you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston. I have Rahul here from Connecticut and Alex in the windy, cold weather of Waterville, Maine. Hey, Alex, how are you doing today?
1: Doing very well. How about you?
0: I appreciate you going through the extra mile by doing your episode today from outside to get the best internet coverage you can get today.
1: <laughs> no problem. Problem. Hopefully fixed soon.
0: Yeah. We hope that it's going to be a little better audio for anybody listening, but raul I'm going to bring you in because you're nice, warm, and cozy. So how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing good. I popped my window open to kind of get the same feel as Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, in Houston, I don't get that much uh, cold weather, so <laughs> I have to just turn the AC real, real low so I can just feel like I'm with you guys. But we have a lot to cover today, gentlemen, and... We want to start
2: with the Champions League. So Raúl, why don't you take us through that? Let's do it. So second leg of the Champions League quarterfinals and Chelsea played Porto at home in quotes because we were back in Spain uh, this time as the home team and this was the team that Tuchel put out. So Mendy in goal, Aspilicueta, Thiago Silva, Rudiger in defense, Reese James, Angolo Conte, Jorginho and Ben Chilwell in midfield. Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, and Kai Havertz up top. What a wonderful starting lineup, and Christian Pulisic getting two straight
0: games of 90 minutes. Alex, how do you feel about Christian Pulisic's run?
1: Yeah, well, I'm thrilled to see him in the starting lineup, obviously. That had been a point of contention for a little while, um, and I'm absolutely glad to see him go the distance. Uh, I think he it, it's a good thing he emerged uh, completely healthy from this latest match, especially with the target on his back that was clearly uh porto's game plan but i'm i'm thrilled he seems to be picking up form and i i just hope he continues to stay fit because when he's fit um he's what a player
0: yeah Christian puliski is one of those players that actually attracts that kind of attention and and what i mean by that is people constantly trying to foul him to stop his gameplay he's so explosive can get into tight spaces and make those runs and like you said, I'm actually happy he walked away without any injuries. I'm sure he felt sore the next morning, given how many
2: times he was kicked or fell down, right, Rahul? Yeah, I mean it was every time you watch this the game, he was getting fouled and he was on the deck. Um and I think Alex has a stat for us, so I'll let him share that with us.
1: Yeah, I believe um according to uh according to the statistics that were posted after the game, Polisic drew the most fouls. It was 11 um, in a Champions League match 2015, I believe. Um, And the most recent one uh, before that was Lionessi himself uh, against Real Madrid. So, you know, he's he's in good company, I suppose you could say. That is often what it takes to stop some of the best dribblers and best players in the game um, disrupting the flow. But you know, I I think you could you could say to some degree, grabbing the man of the match. Um, it, it wasn't pretty, but it was successful and that it did uh, alleviate a lot of the pressure on our back line that we were uh, under for a serious majority of the game. I would say.
0: Yeah. So why don't we just jump into the game here because I want to get some honest feedback from both of you? But I'll I'll go first and. I felt like it was one of those exciting moments, but disappointing moments at the same time where I expect a lot of Chelsea. We lost the game ultimately one nail in the 93rd minute to a wonderful goal from Porto, but it's one of those things where I was like, I'm super excited. We're going to the semifinals the champions league, but disappointed that we lost the game. I thought we could have done a little bit more, but I'll let you guys chime in for a minute here.
2: It is disappointing, but I mean, at the end of the day, the goal of this game was to make it through to the next round Um, And the fact that we went 93 minutes, you know, keeping a clean sheet and the goal comes from, let's be honest, a wonder goal. It's he just goes for it and it goes in. Uh, Can't really do much about it at at that point. But we had done enough in the first leg and in the second leg to guarantee and warrant our uh, progression to the next round. So I'm not too worried about it. I know there's been some shouts that, oh, another defeat after the West Brom one. Uh, but these, there was a totally different game, and, and um, I don't think or I don't feel that the squad uh, is negatively impacted by this
1: defeat. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And also I would say that if we went into this game needing a win, I do actually have confidence that we could have pulled it out of the bag. Um, perhaps we would have started uh, with a traditional number nine. Um, perhaps we altered the game plan or the tactics a bit. But I, I, with how easy that game was, given that our players knew, um, frankly, that we didn't need for any goals, I thought um, that wasn't a bad showing. And, you know, it's easy to criticize a loss, but if not for that 90-minute absolute wonder goal, um, we'd be talking about uh, a clean, uh, well-disciplined nil-nil um, to get through to the next round, and everyone would be praising the the master class. So, I, I think there's no, you can't read into that one too much. You just, uh, as long as the players are affected, you move on to the next.
0: Yeah. I think you guys keep me level-headed here. I'm expecting a win every time, but no, it makes sense. It's good game management. I think it's something that we've seen a lot of Tuchel when he's come in is learning how to take what he needs out of a game versus necessarily going on all cylinders, trying to go four, five, six nil. he's really here to win things at least in his first season, because he is on an 18 month contract. And I think this will kind of give the board and the fans something to look forward to with with Thomas Tuchel now a couple of things that I, I honestly thought we had predicted Kovacic playing in this game and Andreas Christensen and I think it was the night before the game we got word that Kovacic was not going to make it Rahul any news on some of these injuries that may have happened
2: I believe Kovacic was a hamstring injury in training that kept him out of this game and in fact I think it's going to keep him out for another week or so um, so he has played a lot we've said that he there's a machine that keeps running up and down. So a hamstring injury is kind of makes sense with him. The only concern is it doesn't get worse uh, because as we've seen with Pulisic, uh, the hamstring injury is kind of an on and off thing that, you know, really just needs its time to recover. Uh, So hoping that they give him that time and he's not rushed back. Uh, And Christiansen, I think is the same thing. He had a knock over the weekend, which kept him out of the palace game um, and that just continued through here. So I don't think anything serious on both ends, but um, we'll keep an eye out, out on it, and hopefully they're both back and we have a full, fully fit squad.
0: Yeah, and the guys that came in for Christiansen and Kovacic in the form of Thiago Silva and Jorginho, wonderful depth and squad we have here, Alex, don't you say so?
1: Yeah, I think it's really one of the first times now since Tuchel has come in that we've been able to fully appreciate that depth, obviously in for a while, I've been telling, uh, I, I have discussions with my friends who are fans of other premier league clubs. And I often tell them that Chelsea doesn't always uh, come out with their very best with the first 11, but you could probably make two comfortably mid table, probably two upper mid table or even uh, fringe top six clubs um, with the players Chelsea has alone, uh, in the premier league, because we, we simply have, uh, a really good backup at every position. And obviously there's been, you know, there, there are a few positions now that we are going to be looking to strengthen perhaps, um, obviously with Tamori, unfortunately looking like he's going to depart. Um, maybe we, we are looking for more attacking reinforcements in the form of a new strike, but I think all we've, there's no one addition that could go down, um, uh, that we wouldn't have answer for. And I think this was a great example.
0: Yeah, and I think Jose Mourinho said it in 2004-2005, one of the seasons where he says his way of playing, he prefers to have two top-quality players per position. Not only does it give him a backup, but it definitely gives him an opportunity to rotate. And in all honesty, I think it spurs some of these guys on to perform even better and go forward from here. But that really covers most of the game. Rahul, do you have any more thoughts on that?
2: Not really. I think, I mean... We got the job done. We almost could have won it at certain points, especially in that second half. Uh, but given that Porto had to come out and win this game, they only had two shots on target, one of them being the goal that they ended up scoring. Um, so Tuchel's got to be happy with the performance and the uh, team chemistry to, you know, just keep them out and keep them shut out for 93 minutes, plus the 90 minutes in the first Like I think he's going to be pleased, and that's what he is going to take into the next round. Yeah, I
0: only have one more question for you guys. But before I ask it, I'm going to say we are in the semifinals of the Champions League. We had a good discussion here, but it was kind of passive. So I just want to bring up the energy a little bit saying we are in the semifinals of the Champions League. But question for both of you gentlemen, man of the match for anybody, Alex?
1: Yeah, Um, Rahul, why don't you start uh, for, for audio purposes real quick?
2: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so I think for me, I mean... A lot of good performances. I will go with Thiago Silva simply on the fact that he hasn't played a full game in two months almost, but he comes back and does what he does best and uh, defends and keeps us and keeps us clean sheet until the 93rd minute uh, and helps us go through.
0: Yeah, Thiago Silva really was class in that particular game. And I think it's something to applaud him for coming off a red card in, in one of the previous games where we thought it was, it was maybe a, a a bad tackle or so, but he keeps himself fit at 36. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he could be heading to another champions league final back to back at his age. I'm going to go for a name here that I think both of you guys will be surprised with. And that's Jorginho. A lot of uh, people know I'm not the biggest fan of Jorginho, but given that he came in for Kovacic who is partner with Kante I thought he did very, very well. I thought he was solid. There was even a scary moment where Mandy gave him a short back pass, and that could have been troublesome. But he jumped onto that like no other and made sure that was not going to be an issue. And, and he was, I think he popped up multiple times in key positions, not only going forward, but really defensively. And that's something I, I've always had problems with, but he really stepped up to the plate. So credit's due.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that, um, and I think I, I would also say, uh, obviously, with the man of the match officially given to Polišic, I feel like I'm let off the hook. You know, he's his, his performance <laughs> is sacrificed, his 11 fouls have been validated, so I will also go with Jorginho there, um, and I will say he has picked up man of the match awards in the past, but I've never really watched Jorginho specifically um, during a game. Sometimes I'm just too focusing on Pulisic, ready to post some content. Um, and I'm not really looking at what he's doing for the team. Um, this game was a great example. As you said, there was the Mendy uh, mispass that he put off the shooter. Uh, then there was also another moment when we gave the ball away in midfield. Um, I'm not sure exactly but a Porto player drilled in a low cross, and it was Jorginho there in the middle of our box who stopped that potential dangerous opportunity. So on multiple occasions, he could well have saved a goal against us. Um, and not to mention, he did quite well at breaking us out of defense um, with movement going forward. I, I think there was one particularly nice exchange with Angolo Conte, um, a few little flicks and back heels uh, that broke us out of some pressure. And then they relieved Polisic, who promptly got flat. So, you know, drew the foul, broke us out, relieved the pressure, and saved a couple of certain goals. That was a really impressive Jorginho showing for me.
0: Yeah, I think it's credit due where credit is due. And I think that man really stepped up to the plate. So I'm not con- con- completely converted on Jorginho just yet, but I'm going to slowly give him a chance after such a performance. Raúl, I see you smiling there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just taking in all the Jorginho love that's coming out of you, especially. Um, but no, I think credit where credit's due. He's been, he was good in the Palace game and he was good in this game. So, Uh, With Kovacic out, we are going to need him and Conte, so hopefully they stay fit and continue this good form. Uh, But, yeah, I think apart from that, this game, like you said, puts us in the semifinals, first time in seven long, long years, um, and couldn't have been done in a better way. I mean, you just saw the passion from the guys at the end when the the final whistle went, and then you see, I just want to bring up a brief moment where Azpilicueta is being interviewed by Lee Parker and Mason Mount comes in and is like, "Come on!" and like we're going to the semifinals, and that's that's what you want to see. I mean, yes, you want to win the tournament, but also just getting to these stages and getting that experience for some of our younger guys is is just perfect. Yeah,
0: I was going to touch on that. Can you imagine players like Mason Mount at the age of twenty twenty one? You've got Reece James, you've got Ben Chilwell, who's pretty young as well. You've got Hudson Adoy on the bench, and and not to forget. Kai Havertz and Timo Werner who are not that old and making it to the to the this is a huge achievement for these boys and I for one I'm very excited I'm excited to watch the next game and we get Real Madrid so it's going to be feisty
1: yeah I think you to see the team spirit there and it's something that I've been admiring more and more as the these past couple seasons have gone on um I remember someone posted on Instagram a a clip of Mason Mount uh, doing a bit of uh, a bit of chatting with uh, Wilfred Zaha during the past match. Um, he was he he accidentally kicked the ball away a bit, then touched him, um, and Mount shoved Zaha back. And he was just Zaha told him to stop laughing or stop smiling. So Mason Mount started laughing. It was it was quite something to see. And I mean, certainly Mount did not quite have billed as D. A. Costa, but that uh, that was some Costa esque. Uh, tough guy uh, bravado there and I really do think that the sort of mentality just the willingness to to be a fighter passionate um it for me it shows that certain players are here not just for the paycheck they're actually passionate about the club they're passionate about their own performance the team's performance and I've absolutely loved watching Mason Mount and some of the younger guys um because they really look like they're actually enjoying every step of the way. And it's refreshing to see that because I know I can't fault some players for, for taking this as a job, as a job for them, but I, I love to see that, that.
0: Freshness in the- yeah. And that's something we've missed. So it's a really good point to bring up in that if we do have players bringing that passion, that aggression, that dear Costa aggression, I think it's something we've missed and I like to see it. And I think someone like Mason Mount, who's always considered a nice guy it's good to see him bring out a little bit of his more feisty side. I think it's just going to spur the rest of the guys around him to really fight for the club. Not that they they don't already,
2: they do, but
0: it's just a good added level of excitement that I want to see.
2: Yeah, I agree with you guys. And we've given Mason all the credit and all the props on this uh, podcast multiple times. And in fact, we've even said that he is ideally in line to be the next captain, but I do want to touch on our current captain, Espelicueta, who. Uh, is the only player in the squad from the last time we made the semifinals. So I know we're talking about Diego Costa and all the passion, but Aspilaqueta in his own way and in his own uh, determination brings that passion out. Now, it's not the same kind of cheekiness as a Costa or as a Mason Mount the other day, but this guy has done it all at Chelsea pretty much, apart from winning the Champions League. And I really, really hope that he wins that competition with us because he deserves it. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: Yeah, there was, I think there was also a Tuchel press conference where he was asked who were the more, uh, I believe he said, Kai Havertz isn't that emotional of a player. He's pretty calm mannered. Um, he does his, he's quiet, enjoys it, but he's not going to be out there uh, pushing and shutting guys. eyes. But then he was asked who were his more emotional leaders. And correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he said uh Tony Rudiger, and, um, who was it was coach i believe was coaches, the third yeah. one named yeah you know you, you need someone on every team at least with a bit of a backbone. um in that regard uh stand up for players fouled you know talk back a little bit yeah you, you, you got to have some of that in a, a team with a top mentality
0: yeah i would agree with that alex i think it's something to it's good to see that we do still have players like that and similar to the mason mount um, point I was making it's great to have those kind of characters and personalities and, and maybe I'd go as far as saying leaders to help spur these guys and, and bring some of the young guys forward as well I think it's only going to be a wonderful future if they take some of these characteristics for the youth that's coming through and it's really going to form for lack of a better word the culture at the club and yes it sucks because we don't always keep our managers for a very long time but if this culture of this passion and this love and this excitement and to be honest with you guys i think that also comes from going into the further stages of these big competitions if we can continue to do this on a year-by-year basis i think that will only spread throughout the club it'll
2: be great absolutely so i think that's a good wrap-up on at least our side of the quarterfinals there were three other ones that happened and so um we'll start off with Bayern psg and i think Jackie, you and Alex had predicted that Brian, Byron may end up going through. They did win the game, but they lost an away goal. So PSG make it to the semifinals. Yeah, I think they just couldn't get enough goals.
0: And maybe they're missing a little bit of Robert Lewandowski for this particular instance where they need that big center forward to help sometimes pull them through. I think they were the better side. I think they were the better side in the first game as well, but that's the nature of the champions league. It's knockout competition. Whoever scores the most goals and whoever scores the most away goals in this particular case, it really does add up. And I don't know if there's much to talk about in this particular game. Like I said, I think Bayern was better. It's going to be interesting to see how PSG fare up against the challengers in the semifinal, but let's talk about that game next. But Alex, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I thought, I mean, one interesting point uh, was was Neymar's performance in that match I believe he missed five big chances, according to stats. And um, certainly some people were, were giving him stick for that. Some were him and saying he was extremely dangerous. I think it was, you know, a bit of both. He was very lucky to have a shot hit both crossbar and the post um, missed several one V ones, but he was pulling the strings all night. And that is somewhere where I, I do agree with, I think over the two weeks for sure, Bayern maybe deserved it. Um, but if, if, if Neymar and Mbappe are you know, come into the form the the sort of danger levels seen against Bayern I think there's no reason they could seriously threaten City back line um, but they're going to have to do a lot better than five big chances missed they're going to want to uh, get past Pepsi. that's all I can say
0: yeah that's that's for certain especially when you talk about the team that they're going to play next and maybe that's something we should jump right into Rahul
2: yeah that, I, that's a good segue guys so Man City played Dortmund. They were 2-1 up from the first leg, and they came into the second leg and conceded first, actually. So it was 1-0 from 17-year-old Jude Bellingham. So I I just think about it. I was like, what was I doing when I was 17? It definitely wasn't playing in a quarterfinal of the Champions League. (laughs) Eating snacks in the school canteen (laughs) back in Ghana. No,
0: seriously, I even heard Pep Guardiola say he's only 17, and he's brilliant. One thing I want to talk about with Dortmund before we jump into – really the meat and potatoes of the game, is they seem to have a knack for discovering really wonderful talent. And not only discovering discovering them, guys, they have a way to lure them to the club as well. Whether it's with game time or with promise for potential of building their careers. I don't know what it is, but you can look at the talent that's coming out of Dortmund in the last four or five years and who they're recruiting. They've got something going on right over there.
2: I, I agree with you. It's been their academy or even there's just recruitment process, which is based on, uh, you know, the younger kids and bringing in kids that other clubs may not want to take a chance on like a Jude Bellingham, who was at Birmingham city. Uh, I think does them well. And it does the players well in that they get to go away from the, the English media and the limelight and the, the reactionary fan base that exists in England uh, and allows them to just develop and then come back as more of a, a finished article. I say that in quotes because they still come back at 21-22, uh, but they have more experience and they have more confidence under their belt.
1: Yeah, you saw that, obviously. Uh, my my man is a product of that Dortmund development, and I I think it is to some degree. I would say um, it's the fact that they don't quite, as a club, quite have the same prep for success. Um, as some of these, these big English sides um, and big sides elsewhere in the world. Because, um, I would say at this point, Bayern Munich are potentially expected to dominate the league every year. They're expected to pick up the Cups. They're expected to pick up the champion. at this point in time. Um, it was a shock to men that they, they got dumped out by PSG. So I think the fact that Dortmund isn't always um, working under these very, very tight expectations – I mean, you saw at Chelsea, that's how we let E.B. Salah, Lukaku, uh, those types of promising young players go because the fans, the board, the owners, everyone wants instant success. So there's a bit of a trade-off there, but maybe Dortmund are in a position where they can take the trade-off and really develop some gems.
0: Yeah, and on the flip side of that, moving on to the game now, it's as much as they develop all of this time, like you said, the success didn't come, unfortunately, and they took the lead role, like you said, but what happened next?
2: They did, and they held on at least for the first half, but then the second half, Man City turned it up. And in fact, I mean, Man City, like we said, create a lot of chances and just keep the ball in. When you do that, you end up, you know, giving yourself opportunities to score, and they scored the first goal through a penalty. Emre Sean, um, a former Liverpool player, kind of heads the ball onto his hand, hits his hand first. VAR um, gives the penalty Morris steps up and scores 1-1, one, one, and then Foden right at the end wins it for Man City. Yeah.
0: yeah, and really speaking about young talent with Dortmund, he's another great young talent coming out of Manchester City. So very good to see. We've talked a lot about young talent today, spe- specifically with Chelsea, now going to Dortmund and Manchester City. And some of these boys have the option to actually make it over to the, the final of the Champions League. It's going to be incredible. But it ends 2-1, two, two like you said, which overall they've won the game pretty convincingly. And they're going to move forward and play PSG, which we were talking about just
2: a few minutes ago, which might be a big, big test for them. Absolutely. It's going to be the first time Pep Guardiola has taken Man City to the semifinal. So um, they've gone a step ahead, but now the real test is, which is can they, you know, conquer that semifinal, conquer PSG, Mbappe, Neymar, Pochettino, who's actually knocked them out in the past uh, and make it to the final. So, That's going to be an interesting one. And then the other side, so like I said, Chelsea made it through and they play Liverpool, I beg your pardon, they play Real Madrid, who tied with Liverpool 0-0 at Anfield and advanced 3-1 on aggregate. So I think all three of us were predicting this, that Real Madrid will see it through, and they did. Yeah, I'll just say one thing on, on the Real Madrid result. I think it's very similar to the
0: Chelsea result in the fact that they went for the game management. They didn't have to go out of maybe second gear, just to hold the game. They knew they had that 3-1 lead and all they needed to do was just see it out and very professional performance.
2: I, I agree. And uh, so that sets us up for the semifinals. We went from four German managers in the quarterfinals to just one. And that is Tommy Tuchel, who will face Real Madrid. And that brings back Mr. Eden Hazard Courtois, I know some Chelsea fans don't have fond memories of him, uh, but he was a player that, that gave his all for us. Yes, his departure wasn't the best, but he is coming back. And on the flip side, Kovacic and Alonso face Real Madrid. So uh, a, a lot of similarities and familiar faces that will face each other. And this is the first meeting between these two sides since 1998. Uh, a Super Cup meeting and the first time ever in the Champions League.
0: Wow, you can't write this. It's brilliant. I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited. Rahul, you and I grew up watching La Liga and Real Madrid wore the Galacticos era back then, so you saw some of the likes of Roberto Carlos and Zidane himself, obviously, Beckham, Figo. But I'm excited to see them. They seem to be more of a footballing side than just a Galacticos side. Don't get me wrong; they still have brilliant players, but I think it's going to make for a fun, fun game.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be one to watch. For sure two serious heavyweight clubs at the moment who are both capable of strong attacks, strong defense. Uh, I personally uh, am going to be anticipating that, that Zard return. I hope he does get to play against us. Um, It's a shame. There are no fans at the bridge. I thought it was funny that Courtois said he wishes there were fans at the bridge. I think that's easy for him to say, uh, given that no one there uh, because certainly if I were there, uh, I, in true Spanish style, I would be throwing those little rats at him. Um, I've I've got no of lost. Uh, maybe maybe I need to him to the David Louise list and get him to block me on Instagram. Um, but you know, well, we'll we'll see. He he certainly was was high quality uh, for us. But um, yeah, I I, I think he could have handled that.
0: So, so a couple of points here I'll, I'll make. And the first one is, we Chelsea fans, we throw celery at players. So maybe we need to throw some celery at Courtois when we see him Fair. next. But like there, needs, there needs to be a story between you and Rahul at some point. So you've been blocked by David Luiz, you mentioned. And Rahul's been blocked by John Terry. So I think somewhere <laughs> down the line,
1: <laughs> you two How need to, to tell me what you're that? doing. <laughs> How have you managed to be blocked by... Uh, I hope you did a wife joke. Oh, um, no. goodness.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not proud of it, but it wasn't on the TPC account. So we're okay. Yeah. okay. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack this in another episode and just have a Fair little fun enough. trivia with it. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I didn't think we would dis- uh, uncover this in the Real Madrid segment, but here we are. Uh, so yeah, Real Madrid, Chelsea, first leg on April 27th in Spain. It's not going to be at the Bernabeu, but always playing Real Madrid is exciting. And then the second leg, like we've been saying, and Alex mentioned that it will be at the bridge. Unfortunately, no fans, but I'm sure everyone will be glued to their TVs watching and, and hoping that we make it through. And then uh, the other semifinal PSG, Man City, first leg in, on the 20, 28th of April in Paris and then the return leg on May 4th in Manchester. So the exciting times of the Champions League continue. Yeah, and we'll definitely review it as we get a little little closer towards the games. For sure. So uh, before we move on from the Champions League, I actually was interacting with a fan over on Instagram. Turns out it was a Man City fan. Not sure what they were doing on a Chelsea account, but I guess they wanted to send this question in. So uh, like I mentioned, Man City, the first time they've made it to the semifinals under Pep. You know, They're hoping that they can win it, but the biggest... Uh, mark against Pep and Man City has been that they've never won the Champions League and that's something that will continue to happen until they win it so I was talking to this fan and this fan goes he understands where that criticism comes from towards Man City but he says thinking about Chelsea you guys have only won it once in the 18 seasons that Roman Ogramovich has been manager so he says Chelsea kind of also have a poor record in the Champions League Um, And I thought that was an interesting point. Now, I don't agree with him, um, and I'm sure we'll explain to him why. But I wanted to get your thoughts on it, Jackie, and then obviously Alex. Do you think we have a poor record in the Champions League?
0: No, I do not. I think we have an inconsistent appearance record in the Champions League. And here's my thinking behind this. Since we've got acquired by Roman Abramovich... I believe that it's not about just winning the Champions League. Of course, you want to be like a Real Madrid and go four times winning the Champions League, five times, six times and fill the trophy cabinet. But I think what remains to be seen is the number of quarterfinals that we've made it to, the number of semifinals that we've made it to, year after year qualification. And I think that's where the disappointment is, is we've got a couple of years in there, maybe because of the managerial merry-go-round that we keep missing out on a season or two of Champions League. But I think all in all, Rahul, we've made it to maybe six or seven seasons where we've made it past the quarterfinals. So quarterfinals or better. So quarterfinals or semifinals. In that time, we've made it to two Champions League finals. One, we know how it ended. And then the other one was a historic night in Munich. So if you look at it all together, I think you said since 17 years since we've been acquired, eight or nine of those 17 years have been in the final stages of the Champions League. So for me, that's successful.
1: Yeah I definitely I definitely think that is is successful I think it's unfortunate that we weren't able to come away uh, with another title but then you look for example at that refereeing disaster class against Barcelona and you think well um, maybe that's uh, another chance to to add a second Champions League that was unfairly taken away from us Um, and you know obviously you want to come out and win but I, I think we've faced some very tough sides, obviously losing to the winners last year in Bayern. There's no shame in it. Um, and I, I agree. I think maybe if this if this run continues, you could maybe say it's time to, to really make another push for a Champions League title. But if you think about it, uh, Tottenham, I would call their record a lot more disappointing uh, in that they often barely the competition, uh, let alone... A poor performance in the final um that they did make it to Liverpool so I I think there are a lot of clubs uh who you could guys before you would have at Chelsea for that I,
2: I agree with you guys I mean I know we've only won it once which is like what we're saying but we've consistently at least in the first five six seven years of the Abramovich era made it into the semi-finals or beyond and this, the most recent one, which is this current season, we're in the semifinals, is the most by an English team, eight times. So we've shown the consistency in the past, and we're slowly coming back to it. Um, and the last few seasons have been disappointing, no doubt about it. Apart from the Champions League, we've also won the Europa League twice. Now, I know that's not the Champions League and the Holy Grail, but it's a European trophy. And Man City have not even done that. So uh, my pushback to him was, I get what you're saying, but it's not a valid argument because we've been more consistently featuring in the Champions League and we've won it, which is the biggest thing. Um, so just wanted to get your guys' thoughts, thoughts on it. And I, I agree with you guys. And Man City's record since Sheikh Mansour took, up, took over in 2008 uh, didn't even qualify for the Champions League until the fourth season, which in itself speaks volumes because Chelsea were in the Champions League when the Browns took over. And you know what's interesting? To be fair to Manchester City, the Champions League
0: is the type of football where once you make it past the group stages, it is knockout football. So it can come down to, as Alex said, a dodgy refereeing decision or you know, an offside goal, which we've seen, or a ghost goal in Chelsea's example back in 2004. So credit to Manchester City. It's one of those things where I think they can try and try and try, but sometimes you need a little bit of luck as well I mean, Chelsea had all the odds against them when they won their Champions League final against Bayern Munich in their backyard, but something clicked, something happens. And Manchester City have had some phenomenal sides with some amazing players over the years and they couldn't go past it. So it's one of those things where we can sit here and argue. And, and yes, I definitely think Chelsea have been successful even more so than Manchester City, money or not, but you do need some luck and you do need some things to go your way to win the Champions League. Unless you're Real Madrid and then it just becomes an easy competition, apparently.
2: Yeah, totally agree. And I I mean, I I don't know. There's not much more to say to it. I think Chelsea, compared to most of the English sides, I think, have done very well under Abramovich in the Champions League and the Premier League. So... Um, it's a good space to watch. And in fact, that brings me to our Champions League final predictions for this season. Um, and since we're talking about Man City and Chelsea, I think those are the two teams that make it to the final. Um, and similar to us, when we made the final the first time we played Manchester United, who themselves had won it, I think we may beat them in the final. But Jackie, what do you think?
0: I'm a little nervous to get so far ahead of myself here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think we've got to make it past
0: our first contenders, which is, I believe, PSG. So that's going to be a tough one in itself. Um, sorry, Real Madrid. I apologize for that. I'm getting past Real Madrid first, but um, I I, th- I do think that it's going to be Manchester versus Manchester City
1: versus Chelsea as well. Yeah, I that's that's a fair shout there. I do think if that final, I could see us taking it. I think in one-off game. Uh, Tuchel's tactics and our, our quality of player. We have everything we need to beat them. Um, and they are more familiar opposition, perhaps, than some of these other sides. I think that's one reason the Madrid game is fascinating because there's real real good record to build off of. These, these guys are going to be seeing each other for the first time. Uh, I Personally, I think PSG might make the final. I think it depends obviously on how clinical they are. Um, certainly, they played a Bayern without Lewandowski. Um, but in that same way, Manchester City have not all had a consistent, I mean, certainly not this season, um, Aguero on his way out, obviously, but they have not had a consistent center forward themselves. They've been playing um, Gabriel Jesus in some games. They've been relying on Foden, almost a Havertz-type thing, false novel in some games. I think uh, judging on, on Manchester City's most recent performance against Dortmund. I'm not entirely sure that would work uh, against a PSG. I think they they relied on a, a lucky penalty. Um, obviously you could say they didn't have to come out and win the game, which is fair. Um, that's maybe uh, it was the same situation for Chelsea. Um, but they had a very lucky penalty uh, thanks to Emre Chan heading right off his arm. And then Foden had an absolutely fantastic little bit of Mac. Uh, but I mean, the was beaten at post. It was a bit of a a mental turnoff off the corner kick. I'm not entirely sure that Manchester um, have what it takes to get past PSG, but I suppose we'll, we'll find out.
0: It's one of those that might be written in the stars. You've got Tuchel coming back to PSG. Tuchel has something to prove since he took PSG to the final last season and they just couldn't make it through. It certainly would make for a fantastic game if that would happen. Again, like I've said, going to this stage of the Champions League, Anybody can beat anybody. It's knockout competition. The good news is if we make it past Real Madrid, and again, Rahul, I told you this, I'm crossing my fingers, not trying to get head, ahead of myself. If we make it past Real Madrid, it's one game, one night, everything to play for. And like Alex said, on his night, Tuchel can have the correct tactics and you only need one goal.
2: <laughs> Imagine Tuchel being the one that stops PSG from winning it again. <laughs> that would be <laughs> Yeah, I
0: think what's funny is you guys have told me that Tottenham are serial bottlers. Guess who the manager of PSG is? The previous
2: Tottenham manager. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Um, But that—that's. I think we had a good discussion on the Champions League. And um, the games are coming up, and I'm I'm excited to watch them. In fact, I think Jackie and I, we may be together um, for that second leg. So we'll have to find a way to get Alex there, but um, maybe we'll do something special for that game. Uh, But moving on to the FA Cup semifinal. And guess who we face? Manchester City. (laughs) (laughs) And another
0: semifinal. That's what we got to be excited about. I think we're we're having a good season considering some of the blips and the change in management and everything. And some of these things actually help get over the, the soreness of losing Frank during the season, I think, is getting towards the deep stages of some of these big, big games. So... It's going to be an interesting game, and it's going to be at Wembley, so I am ready to watch this one.
1: Yeah, I think this could be a very exciting contest. Uh, and, you know, as you said, it's great to proceed to deep stages of these competitions. Um, it would honestly certainly hurt to be knocked out of the Champions League, but if we don't make it through, um, whether we're beaten in the semifinal or the final, I would love to see us grab at least an FA Cup. Um, firstly, that shuts up the Arsenal fans who are who are gloating over their their uh, little cup victory from solely because Pulisic got injured, uh, and oh, good one of the worst refereeing uh, performances we've seen in, in recent history. Something about those ball refs, um, and we've got a then yeah, I think we we've got to shut up the Man United fans who have reached all these semifinals, and then in true Ole uh, fashion, have bottled, I think, God knows, at five semifinals now. I think they have failed to reach the final. So I, I think no matter what, uh, a, a good FA Cup uh, run would certainly help to soothe some of the, the pain of missing out on the Champions League this season
0: think that feisty main air is making Alex a little bit aggressive towards some of these other teams tonight but hey I, I love it I think the passion is there for sure and I 100% agree with you I think regardless of what happens in the Champions League we need to be pushing to get this FA Cup it's probably something we deserve from last season as well like you said to not not necessarily for that for Arsenal fans but I think we as a club need to be winning some of these things and getting to the final of some of these things
2: and definitely pinching it I agree. And the two clubs Alex mentioned, in fact, uh, Arsenal and Manchester United are the two clubs that have made it to the final uh, the most times. Arsenal with 21, Manchester United with 20. And if Chelsea win this game over the weekend, they would be the third highest um, in on that list, making the final for the 15th time. Uh, so, hey, we're, we're up there and we've won it a few times recently. But these two managers have a little bit of history. They face each other in Germany. Uh, Pep was at Bayern and Tuchel was at Dortmund, but the rivalry isn't really there. In that they really admire and respect each other. Uh, Tuchel sees Guardiola as a mentor and has studied his tactics at Barcelona very, very closely, um, and always refers to him kind of as you know the reason why he wanted to become a manager. And Guardiola, on the same side, um, always says that Tuchel is very exceptional, outstanding and has a tough team to beat. So uh, expect both teams to kind of respect, I say that in quotes, each other. But we also know the Manchester and Chelsea, uh, Manchester City and Chelsea rivalry is kind of feisty with a few bad tackles from Aguero and David Luiz in the past and a few red cards uh, that have happened. So I'm expecting a tactical game, but also a, a feisty one. Yeah, I think it's going to be more
0: tactical than feisty. Not that I disagree with you, but I think these managers seem to be very, very highly intellectual in how they pick their teams. And my big concern, and I don't think this will happen, but my big concern is I don't want to see them try and cancel each other out, trying to predict what the other one's going to do, and then it makes for a boring game. Do I want to win 1-0 and take a boring game? Absolutely. But when the semifinals, I like to see some energy it reminds me of games back in like maybe 2004, 2005, 2006, where we had those phenomenal FA cup games and Drogba scoring, or it goes to the 128th minute and Lampard and Drogba combined for last minute goal against Manchester United. I mean, those are the things we need. We need some passion, especially with no fans in there. I want to yell at the screen and yell at the TV and get excited.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think we take a a one nil win with our eyes closed right now, but, you know, if it's if it's going to be exciting, we might as well enjoy it. So I like that.
2: I would take a one nil too, but I, I don't know if it will be that easy <laughs> or that close. Um, but let's just look at their run to the semifinals so far. So for Chelsea, we won against Morkum in the third round, uh, Luton Town in the fourth round, Lampard's final game, uh, Barnsley in the fifth round, and then Sheffield in the quarterfinals. Uh, and Man City so far have beaten Birmingham in the third round, Cheltenham Town in the fourth round, Swansea City in the fifth round, and Everton in the quarterfinals. So that's brought us to this game. And um, Man City have won six of their last meetings last meetings with Chelsea in all competitions. Uh, and the last time we played them in the Premier League at the beginning of this year at the Bridge, they won 3-1. So hopefully we can get some revenge for that result and make it to the final definitely for sure I would love to see that especially playing playing at Wembley
0: it's something where it's always time for a player to raise their game and put some of the results behind us and really we have been playing so well that I think that this is something we I don't want to jinx ourselves here but I think we can make it through
2: I really hope so I think for Tuchel it's got to be his biggest test in that he faces a team that's been together for a few years, a manager that, that's instilled his tactics and values into that team. Um, and it's kind of the opposite of what Tuchel is doing in that he's just come in and he's trying to do all of those things, but it's been a few months and he's in the same position as Guardiola as in the semifinals. So Alex, do you think this is the biggest test for Tuchel?
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly a big one, though obviously that for a while now we've been saying oh this is his biggest test this is his biggest test as we faced um we faced liverpool i think we faced united we some of these big sides. um it's it's very good um good to see but you know i i believe in him and it's it's something where i mean i i i can't even i can't even speak on it because i don't know what goes goes on in that mind of his as you guys uh, have mentioned, he's quite an intellectual. Um, I just got up those, those gears turning in his head, and he comes out with a master class. Frankly, uh, we do have confidence in him. And I absolutely loved Frank Lampard as a coach, but I think that was one criticism. He's still learning. He's not uh, quite as tactically adept as some of these other managers who have been doing it for a while. Um, no such doubts there with Tuchel. So I'm, I'm hoping for a good one.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point is I think he's tacti- tactically ready for a game like this. And yes, we do say that it's it's a big test and a big test and it keeps moving on. But I think every test that he passed, obviously, you're going to go to the next difficult test. And it slowly progresses. I think Porto was one of the biggest tests till this week. So, I, I mean, do you guys want to talk about a predicted lineup maybe, Rahul? I'll i I'll go ahead and think. I, think. I think Tuchel's come to some understanding of his defensive line so far. So I'm going to start off with the defensive line and then I'd like to see you guys maybe help me out with the final top three. Mending goal, I don't think we're going to see, as, uh, I'm sorry, Kepa come in as the first choice till maybe next next season. de uh, Thiago Silva, because Christensen might still be injured, and then Rudy. You've got the four of Reese James. Yep, I think Reese James will take this one just because he's been in good form and physically fit. I know Callum has been playing well there when called upon. Conte and Jorginho and this is going to be an interesting one for Jorginho because Manchester City definitely have a lot of pacey players and it's a toss-up between Alonso and Ben Chilwell but I think he's starting to slowly favor Ben Chilwell and he'll probably get this game now the front three is really up in the air so maybe you you guys can help me out here
2: I think that's a solid base and my only concern there is Conte who I think Tuchel said if Kovacic was fit, may not have played that Porto game or the full Porto game. Uh, So the fact that he played 94, 95 minutes that night, hopefully he's fit enough and his hamstring's doing good that he can play against City because if he's not there, I think Mount would play that position and that would make me a little nervous. Coming to the front three, I think Mount's got to be in that front three. Um, I think he goes with Havertz as that false nine. Uh, and it, it may end up being a false nine versus a false nine. And it's, it's who does it best. And the final position, I want to say Pulisic, but the fact that he's played Crystal Palace, Porto, I don't see how he plays a third consecutive game from the start, but Alex may correct me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think an ideal situation, if this isn't such a crucial uh, FA Cup knockout match, oh, for. Well, you, you try to get the ballistic best. Obviously, he's some tough games, including getting absolutely battered by the entire Porto team. Um, I think that you do want to be at a point. We obviously saw it with Eden Hazard, for example, um, in his pretty solid of uh, injuries at Chelsea, uh, his consistency, uh, availability to be selected. I think for a top player, you do really want to see them able to play three game quick succession. List. Now we're not t- talking about Eden Hazard. We're talking about Pulisic who has here at Chelsea had two issues, but you know, as much as I, as much as I, I know maybe I should urge caution uh, as one of his, his biggest advocates and fans, uh, perhaps I, I'm just too entranced by watching him play. I enjoy it too much. And if he plays a third game, um, even just 60 minutes of a third game, you really start to say, OK, this guy can be depended on. He can recover quickly when he's fit. He can seriously string these together. And that's what you, need. you want players to rely on time and time again.
0: And we've seen that during Project Restart, where he was playing every game week in, week out, and one of our best players. So that's a, an excellent point in the fact that if he makes this game or starts this game and I think I agree with Alex here. I think he should start this game. I think he brings that energy that maybe some of the other guys are lacking. And he's also got a little more of a clinical finish than Warner these days. So I think he's going to have to get the call up ahead of Timo. Maybe Timo comes on in the last 30 minutes, like Alex was saying. But it's going to be an interesting one, especially Rahul, if it's false nine versus false nine. Manchester City seemed to be the rule book on the false nine. I mean, they operated the entire season without a striker. Any
2: predictions from you, sir? Yes, I think two one Chelsea. I say, I think I'm I'm going to cancel that out. Two one Chelsea. We end the quadruple for uh, Manchester City, and Tuchel gets his first win against
1: Pep. I'm confident. All right, Alex. You know, uh, <laughs> you're right. Maybe you think about the outside air. I'm I'm going three um, <laughs> one if. If Pep decides to be brave, if we go up early and Pep throws a little more at us, I'm going four goals for us. Wow. I think as soon as Manchester City come out to play, um, our players are in a good position to punish their back line. And I, that, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I have no problem. I'm not being I'm not being held accountable for these 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 ridiculous uh, guesses. So I'm going to go three one. But if it's four one, I can still say I told you so.
0: I like it. I like it. If if we win 3-1 or 4-1 or or by any margin with two or three goals, going forward, you need to do the podcast outside in the cold air because that's the way it needs to happen. That
1: sounds good.
0: <laughs> so I like the confidence, guys. I am more cautiously confident in this one, and
2: I'm going to go for a 1-0. You said 1-0 for Man City Dortmund too. <laughs> yeah. 1-0 <laughs> to Chelsea. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if we make it, we make it. it, doesn't matter how we get there, but if we go to penalties, hopefully he throws Kepa on and he redeems himself from the last time. <laughs> you guys that would be the so
1: good. <laughs> the, the scenes when, uh, the scenes when Mendy holds out his arm and says and <laughs> refuses to be subbed off. I, I would eat that up. I love that.
2: Oh my gosh. You guys are having a fun, a fun podcast today. It's, it's the cold air. <laughs> Uh, but that's the men's FA Cup. The other FA Cup in the men's side is the Leicester City-Southampton. Um, good game, I think, we should expect from both sides. And Southampton may surprise Leicester with uh, you know, their form being a little bit down, but it's the FA Cup and anything happens. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, the women's FA Cup is back as well. And the Chelsea women are back from international duty. And they play in the fourth round versus london city lionesses on friday night so i'm excited to see this it'll be a good warm-up or a good way to start the weekend uh, fa cup weekend for us and you can actually watch it on chelsea's um fifth standard app and it should also be on youtube so definitely tune in guys and wishing the women's squad uh, squad all the best for this game
0: Yeah, for sure. I would definitely want to see them continue their winning ways and just another way to get the weekend started with Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea.
2: Yes, sir. So uh, that wraps up our coverage on the English game. The domestic league in the U.S. is back as well this weekend. The MLS returns for its 26th season uh, with the opening game on Friday night between Jackie's Houston Dynamo. And San Jose Earthquake. So, Jackie, any thoughts on this one?
0: Yes, I am very, very excited. I have not seen an MLS game for well over a year now because of everything that's been going on. But I did get a chance to actually sit in the Houston Dynamo Stadium when they were playing the Chicago Fire team. And it was great to actually see the two sides go against each other. And I actually got to see Bastian Schweinsteiger like five feet away from me. We had excellent seats. And the stadium itself is beautiful. You know, the MLS is coming a long way. They're recruiting some great talent. And I think this season we've got David Beckham's Inter Miami pulling players from different different leagues and quality players. So it's going to be exciting.
2: Absolutely. And, in fact, this season there's another Texas team that makes his debut, and that is Austin FC. So, Jackie, you've got a, a few good teams around that area. Yeah, for sure. I need to start getting in my car and driving around to some of these games now. <laughs> I'll join you at some point. There you go. Um, but Alex, any thoughts? And I know up there it's the New England Revs, and in fact, uh, I've been to a few games. So uh, they don't start at home this weekend; they're away to Chicago. But um, any memories or any any kind of uh, thoughts you want to share?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've certainly been far from a dedicated uh, revolution supporter, but I do I do remember going to a few games on uh, past seasons. One of them had a one of my friends had a season ticket, I believe. Um, it was always a fun experience. Never, I never had any truly memorable moments. Uh, I I did attend one game. We were playing against, I believe the Montreal Impact, and I was hoping to see Didier Drogba. Unfortunately, he did not feature. But I believe, yeah, you said you had a, a similar experience. But I think, um, yeah, I I I wish them well. I I can't pretend to be a fan. So <laughs> maybe maybe uh, maybe. I don't know if it's this year, but certainly within the next few years, maybe I I have to to open that as, as, as another, uh, part of my, my fanhood for the beautiful game. So we'll see.
2: Yeah. I I actually remember that, that game you mentioned about Drogba coming and I bought tickets and I was like, I'm going to see Drogba and I'm taking all my Chelsea gear. He's going to sign it. And then he didn't play. Um, so I was just sitting there in the revolution stadium with all my Chelsea gear. Um, but it was a a good memory and the revolution won that night. So I was like, well, Montreal, you should have played Drogba, but um, didn't happen. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, the MLS keeps growing. And like we said, it's a 26th season and uh, there've always been some fun moments. I think back to Zlatan's debut where he absolutely just murdered um, LAFC and LAFC themselves have come up in the last few months, uh, last few years, I beg your pardon and done very well. So, It's exciting and and definitely something we'll keep an eye on and um, touch on in the future episodes. So before we wrap it up, Jackie, any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, just one I want to share with the listeners out there.
0: We really, really enjoy the support that you guys give us. Just listening to the podcast and giving us your feedback and interacting with us online has been an amazing experience for all of us here. Coming up in the next few episodes, I'm trying to link up with a couple of fans that are interested in actually speaking with us and sharing their voice and opinions on the podcast. So look out for that.
2: Yeah, that'll be great to have some fans on on the episodes and have them contribute as well. Alex, any final thoughts from you, sir?
1: No, but uh, I guess just here's to another good weekend for the Chelsea boys. And, you know, uh, looking forward to some more fan action. I think that'll be
2: I am I, hoping and praying for a win this weekend, and I want to get you back indoors as soon as possible. So uh, that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. And in fact, I'm going to ask you guys, if you do enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple. Uh, it'll help us get noticed and grow on that on that platform. It's at the Premier Channel, so You can find us on Apple. Leave us a review. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Twitter and Instagram. I did mention we were very close to a 1,000 followers last time. We're still a little bit further away, but hopefully we can bridge that gap in the next couple of days, and we will be back on Sunday uh, to do a city review and a Brighton
1: preview. But until then, stay safe and up the Chelts.